1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. Now last Sunday we started a new series called Taking Action Today for a Better Tomorrow. And the message today and next Sunday, we'll split it in half, it's actually entitled after the series, Taking Action Today for a Better Tomorrow. And in any of our lives, no matter how long we've known the Lord, how little we've known the Lord, how long we've been in church, or whether it's your first or second Sunday, the key is the action that we take today. And that's how you ensure that you have a better tomorrow. Here at Faith Christian Center, you are blessed This is a blessed congregation, and our declaration over you is that the devourer is rebuked, that the windows of heaven are opened above your life, and the Lord is pouring out so much blessing, we can't contain it. Now, in each of our lives, you can take charge of your life, you can take charge of your circumstances, and you can change your life for the better by taking action now for a better tomorrow. Say this, say, I have to take action now for a better tomorrow. tomorrow. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian apologist of the 20th century, he wrote, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. It's about the action we take. Just this past week, typically Fridays, I, I rest, I pray, study, prepare for Sundays. And so I had had breakfast and Emily loves praise and worship. So I turned on a church service for her to to watch, not one of ours, just to listen to the worship, but the message came on. And at the very beginning of the message, it it was said that God God has a certain destination for you, and you're going to get there no matter what you do. Well, that's not true. And then it was said that God's not going to allow you to do anything that would hinder you from getting to your destination. And biblically, that is not true. Life is about the choices that we make. Life is about the decisions that we make. Life is about the actions that we take. And yes, there is grace and there is mercy and there is forgiveness and there is new beginnings. But a young person 
can make one wrong decision and head down a certain course and they can dramatically, negatively affect the course and the destination of their lives. And in all of our lives, no matter how old we are, what we are experiencing, our life and our circumstances, that is the result of the actions that we have been taking on a daily basis, whether big, whether small. And while that could be some bad news, just turn that around. The good news, smile at your neighbor, say the good news. The good news is this, we can take action today so we'll have a better tomorrow. We can take action today. Big action, small action, we can take action today so we have a better result tomorrow. Faith is a starting point. And faith, for us as believers, it is the starting point. Faith is fundamental. Faith is essential. Faith is the beginning the foundation of a successful life. But faith is not all there is to building a successful life. Action is required. Tell your neighbor, say, action is required. Action is required. Tell your other neighbor, say, action is required. Action is required. Go to the book of James. We find out that faith without action is dead. And James said, he said, I'll show you my faith by what I do. You know, an unfaithful husband. He can tell his wife or he, he can tell her he, he loves her. Oh, I love you. But the Bible says wisdom is proved by her actions, by her deeds. So faith, of course, our belief and what we believe, that's a part of our faith. But faith is more than just belief. That's why we're always saying faith is taking action on the word of God. And our faith and what we really believe, it is evidenced by the action that we take. Action is required. Tell yourself, point at yourself, say, action is required. Action is required. You know, last Sunday I, I used the example of when it comes to the holidays or birthdays and your kids are little and you get them that present you're excited about. You know, sometimes those boxes say assembly is required. And it, it can be a challenge sometimes. Action is required. Number one, you're taking notes, number one, we please God with our faith, and God rewards our faith. Number one, we please God with our faith, and God rewards our faith. It is faith in God and faith in his word that moves the hand of God on our behalf. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, but without faith. Say, without faith. And again, go to the book of James, our, what we believe, what we really believe, our faith, it is evidenced by what we, we do. And that's why the past year and a half now, two years, it has been a great showcase, a great revelation of what people really believe and who their real source is because our faith is evidenced by our actions. But our faith is everything because Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, but without faith, say without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible. It is impossible. Not that there's great difficulty, not that it's, it's kind of sort of hard. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
I know it says those that, that seek him just when there's a need. Those that seek him just when there's a problem or a difficulty. Those that seek him when the government says it's okay to seek him. You know, you know we're so blessed here in Texas. We are, we are so blessed here in Texas. Just Friday, I talked to a pastor friend of ours. He pastors in Canada, New Brunswick, and he's been left alone, but now the authorities are starting to harass him. They sent undercover officers to their last Sunday morning service. They're upset because they're singing in church. They don't want them singing in church. They've been showing up at church members' houses to harass them. They've been showing up even at funerals. You know, is, is there not anything sacred anymore? They've been showing up at the pastor's house every single day. Then Friday, they entered his house without permission to leave papers saying he was doing court in two hours. Wicked, wicked, wicked. And so we pray for our, our brothers and our sisters, and we, we bless our brothers and our sisters, and we're, we're mindful and we're grateful and we're thankful for how blessed we are in America, but also in Texas, amen, where we're just extra doubly, triply, quadruply blessed in Texas, amen. We have to be thankful, thankful for that. So we, we live in days where we demonstrate our faith and what we really believe by what we, we do. And we, we saw a few Sundays ago from the book of Revelation that those who stand firm to the end will be saved. Those who persevere, those who overcome will be saved. So our faith, it is evidenced by what we do. And it is evidenced by whether or not we're doers of the word of God. Our faith is evidenced by whether or not we're in church faithfully and consistently with our family. Our faith is evidenced by what we do. Without faith, it is impossible. Say, impossible. And in these days, we see what people really believe, whether it's God and his word or whether it's the word of man or the word of government. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Say, say God, is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. There's a whole segment of the body of Christ and they're of the mindset. It's a religious mindset that they're, they're going backwards serving the Lord. And God's about making things hard in their lives and difficult in their lives. And God's looking to diminish them. That's not what the Bible says. It says that he is a rewarder. Say, my heavenly Father, my heavenly Father is, a is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And the more I diligently seek him, go ahead and say, the more I diligently seek him, I'll be rewarded. Our son Samuel is all fired up about his chore sheet and getting paid for doing chores. So he, he, he got his $10, he earned his $10, was paid his $10 yesterday. Hey, well, he wants another $10. I said, well, son, you got to do your chores and your sheet has got to be filled out. And you can't ask me for it on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. You got to ask me for it at the end of the week when you have done your part. And well, why do we train our children in this way? Because it's not only how life works, but it's how the kingdom of God works. He is a rewarder of those that diligently or earnestly seek him. So our heavenly father is not a taker. Praise God. He is a rewarder and he is a giver, a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Remember what Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief 
cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Fear is of the devil. One of the young ladies in the church that serves as a nurse, and she, in the past year and a half, has traveled and worked in various parts of the country. She's told me that from what she has seen and from what she has observed in this thing that everybody is afraid of, the number one factor, of course, is someone being overweight and all the health issues that go with that. But she says the second major factor is fear and whether someone makes it or they don't make it, whether someone comes out or they don't come out. Just in the last few months, Jessica saw online, someone, someone we know, a relative, in fact, of one of our police officers here on Sunday mornings, a young man in his 30, and yes, he's not in the best shape, and yes, he could be in better shape, but he's a young man and in his 30s. But even here locally, he was facing some challenges, and he was there for help with breathing, and a doctor walked into his room and told him that he's seen a lot of people in his circumstance, his age, die. And so the doctor walked into that room and basically scared the you-know-what out of a young man in his mid-30s and filled him full of fear. Now, that would be bad enough if someone were in church every Sunday. But what does that do to someone when they haven't been in church? What does that do to someone when they're not full of the Word of God? Fear is of the devil and sickness and disease and poverty and lack and not enough. These things are the curse and they're of the devil. So you just got to settle it in your mind that all of that is of the devil. But Jesus said, I have come that we might have life. Say life. life. Say, say more abundantly. More but walking in that more abundant life, it has everything to do with what we're believing, what we're saying and confessing and what we're doing in our everyday lives and circumstances. Last Sunday, we learned that we have to run with the vision. Say, say run with the vision. That's what the Bible says in Habakkuk 2 and verse 2. The Lord replied, write down the revelation. Make it plain on tablets so a herald may run with it. You got to run with the vision. And that's not something we do, as we learned last Sunday, just once or twice. It's something that we do every day of our lives. How will we fulfill God's purpose for our lives if we don't take action and run with the vision? How will we do the works of Jesus if we don't take action and run with the vision? How will we provide for our families and be a blessing to the kingdom of God if we don't take action and run with the vision? How will we end this year better off in every way, including financially, if we don't take action and run with the vision? So there comes a point where you have to stop talking about the action you should take and you just got to change. Got to change what you're believing. Got to change what you are saying and you have to change the actions you are taking so you'll have a better tomorrow. And don't, don't we all want a better tomorrow? Amen. Don't, don't we all want a better tomorrow? Not just for ourselves, but for our children, our grandchildren, our family. So we have to run with the vision. And our greatest enemy is, in fact, not Satan. You know, it's amazing how much people blame on the devil. The devil did this, the devil did that. And then there are their believers, they blame God. God did this, God did that. A lot of it has to do with what we have been doing. 
or what we have not been doing. You know, in, in other parts of the world, Christian people face real, genuine persecution and suffering. And just imagine all that those that are in Afghanistan that are genuine believers are facing right now. There are parts of the world where Christian people face real, genuine suffering or persecution. But you get around certain people in America, and they're, they're of the mindset that every little negative thing, it's the Lord, and it's the, the Lord teaching them something. Well, if you get a letter in the mail that, that says you didn't pay something and you owe it, that, that, that's not you suffering for the Lord. You didn't pay a bill. You didn't do what was right. If you haven't honored your responsibilities and obligations to your family, to your children, to your wife, to your ex-wife, and you get hauled into court, you're not suffering for the Lord. You're, you're suffering because of your own actions, whether right or wrong. So you got to give up the American mentality that anything negative going on, it's because of the devil. And anything negative going on, it's because of God. And you got to see from the Word of God that a lot of what we experience in life, it is the result of our own actions. And you got to change your actions to have a better tomorrow. Say, I have to change my actions. And that, that's the beginning, realizing that in your life, you're responsible and taking action today for a better tomorrow. So the greatest enemy is inaction. The greatest enemy is inaction on the word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So notice faith comes by hearing. We could say it this way, faith comes by hearing and by hearing, 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 and by hearing. So, so praise God for a great word last year. Praise God for this or that message that arrested us, and we heard a word from the Lord, and it changed our lives for the better. To continually walk in faith, to continually go to new levels, faith cometh by hearing, and by hearing the word of God. That's why so much of what went on in our nation and other parts of the world last year was so evil and so wicked about control, about totalitarianism, about not allowing God's people to gather. And I know here at Faith Christian Center, we're in a faith bubble. We're, we're in a blessing bubble. And, and sometimes we forget that there are, there are parts of the world where believers still are not allowed to gather. And even though we're in the United States of America, and even though court cases have been won, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, that there are parts of the country where there are so-called faith people, and they're still not having church. But how does faith come? By hearing, and by hearing the word of God. That's how faith comes. So Satan, you go to the parable of the sower, Satan's all about robbing our lives of the word. You got to determine you're going to be good soil and the word in your life is going to produce a harvest. Faith is the difference between sickness and health, between poverty and wealth, between defeat and victory. Last Sunday we told the story of how when we just had the living faith crusade about a month and a half ago 
and Ken and Lynette Hagen were here, how one afternoon at my parents' house, my father rehearsed to them the question I asked him so many years ago after one of his father's meetings in Denver, Colorado. And I, I asked, I said, Dad, how come there are, there are people and they seem to make dramatic progress? And how come there are, there are people and they seem like great people, good people, they love the Lord, but they don't seem to make progress? And so my father, he rehearsed that to Ken Hagen, and this is what he said. He said, people don't all take action to the same degree. There's more to it than just hearing the message and believing the message. We got to take action. And if we want things to change for the better, we have to take action. And if things are changing for the better, and we like the direction they're headed in, we got to take more action. The, the more action we take, the better the results. The more action we take, the greater the harvest, whatever it is. You know, sometimes we see this in parenting. I tease Jessica that her speci specialty is science and engineering and everything that goes with that. And so I tease Jessica that she can be the one to help with all the science projects that are coming. And amongst the five kids, it's going to be a lot of science projects. Amen. But when a, a child needs help, with their, whether they're little, whether they're older, whether it's, it's reading homework, whether it's, it's math homework. You know, I, I did well in trigonometry, but I, I hated geometry. Maybe it was the book's fault. See, this is part of changing your life for the better, is to stop blaming your mother and to stop blaming your spouse and to stop blaming the textbook and say, well, what do I need to do to change things for the better? But... Children, whether they're little, whether they're older, depending on what it is, depending on what the subject is, they might need some help. They might need some assistance. They might need some tutoring. And no, that's not as fun as doing other things, but it's the action we take today that produces the result tomorrow. And so it's all about what we're doing right now. It's all about the action we're taking right now. So that's what Ken Hagen Jr. said in my parents' living room. He said, people don't all take action to the same degree. So you got to run with the vision. It's about faith. And our Heavenly Father, He rewards faith. Faith in Him and faith in His Word. That's part of why we're walking in the, the blessing of the Lord the way we are. In the church and in your families, in the midst of all this craziness, we've looked to the Lord. We've looked to the Lord. We've looked to the Lord. And whatever may come, we're looking to the Lord. Number two, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. If you're born again, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have given your life to him, you are made just in Christ. You are justified in Christ. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it, but his righteousness has been credited to you. Well, how are we to live as the just or the righteous? We are to live by faith. Say, by faith. by faith. The just to live by faith. Not by fear. Not by the word of man. Not by this or that. The just, the righteous, God's people will live by faith. Faith in God and faith in his word. As an example in Hebrews 10, it tells us that we as believers, we should gather together more, not less. So until the Lord comes, I would encourage you to be here in church with your family when the doors are open. And unless you're on vacation or out of town or got something that came up or a family event, I would encourage you to be here in church 
with your family when the doors are open. And as we just saw, it's so important because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, back during the spring of 2020, as pastors in various states faced different restrictions, different governors and all that went with that, you know, privately with my father, I wondered how, well, not being in church a month or two months or three months, how, how that would play out. But think about it. There, there are people in America and a year's gone by and they're still not in church. Well, are they full of faith? Are they full of the word? See, this, this is what it's all about. It's about faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In the past year and a half in our nation, people have lost their minds in fear by watching TV or by going by what's on social media. But think about it. None of this has affected the Amish. You're like, who are the Amish? Uh, just look them up after church. I'm beginning to envy the simplicity of their lifestyle. Amen. But none of this that has gone on in the past year and a half has affected the Amish. And why is that? They don't watch TV. They just live their lives. And they were actually the first people group in America to achieve herd immunity. Just living life as normal. If there was ever a time to be in church, it's now. If there was ever a time to be faithful, faithful to God, faithful to his word, faithful to your family, faithful to your husband or wife, faithful to your children, it is now. If there was ever a time in your life to do what you know in your heart is right, to do the things that the Holy Spirit has been dealing with you about and dealing with you about, it is now. If there was ever a time to turn off the news and to get off social media and to read your Bible and pray, it is now. The just will live by faith. But think about this. How many believers in the last year and a half who ignore what the Bible says when it talks about being in church and gathering, who ignore what the Bible says about being a doer of the Word of God, who have lived their lives ignoring what the Bible says about being, for instance, equally yoked together. They, they've ignored all these things the Bible says. But at the same time, in the past year and a half, they've quickly and have easily and have wholeheartedly done everything the government has said or man has said. See, it is a sobering indictment, a sobering illustration. But again, as the Bible says, wisdom is proved right by her actions. Our faith is evidenced by what we do. If there was ever a time to be in church every time the doors are open, it's now. The just will live by faith. Say by faith. By faith. So not by fear, not by the word of man, by faith. The just will live by faith. Look at Hebrews 10 and verse 38. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. Just this past week, a lady that is new to the church, they, her family, they started out as a St. Paul's family, and through St. Paul's, they've now become a church family, so they're a part of the school, they're a part of the church. But she, she came to me, and she asked, said, Austin, I have friends that they need help. They've been faithful members of a 
conservative, what they thought was a conservative Bible-believing church, 17 years, but the husband needs help. He needs help with paperwork for work. He needs help with this, and his own pastor said he won't help him. And Jessica and I were discussing that privately. What's that about? Maybe it's that they took government money. Maybe there are things behind the scenes we don't know about. Maybe it's because somebody's afraid to put their name on some paperwork. But what does the Bible say? My righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, why do people shrink back? Fear. Why do people not do what they know they ought to do? Fear. If he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not. Say, say I am not. Say it again. Say, I am not. Say, my family is not. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who believe and are saved. Say, I believe, and so I am saved. Say, my family believes, and so we will be saved. As I've been saying the past few months, do not fear the threats of the wicked. You are blessed. You are favored. You are protected. People do things for us they do not do for anyone else. Why? Because I said so. See, that's got to be your confession that in your life, in your circumstances, God is doing whatever you're believing he is doing. He is doing whatever you are saying he is doing. So you're blessed, you're favored, you're protected. God is doing things for you that he's not doing for others. That people are doing things for you they're not doing for others. And again, if there, there's a setback, don't get negative. Say what you want. Say that God's got something better for you. Better pay, better benefits, less stress. Amen. Amen. Say what you want. So we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we believe and we're saved. The key is action. And that's what Ken Hagen Jr. said in my parents' living room. He said, people don't all take action to the same degree. You got to run with the vision. Number three, action taken today, action taken in the present, it determines the future. So it's all about what we're doing today and right now and tomorrow. Our action today, it causes, it produces a good tomorrow. Without sowing today, you'll not reap a harvest tomorrow. Why are there some believers and they, they seem to make no progress? They don't take action today for a better tomorrow. The key is action, the right action, yeah. not the wrong action. The key is action. And the key is being faithful and consistent in the action you take. You've heard me rehearse how Jessica was after me that it, it's not good to eat late at night. And, uh, you know, I can say, well, you know, it, it's just wonderful once all the kids are in bed and they're asleep and it's quiet. So I deserve milk and cookies or I deserve some ice cream, amen? But, but I, I was reminded recently that for a while I had done a good job taking action on that, but, but I have been a little remiss lately. So it's about the action we take. And just because you take action one week, pat yourself on the back, amen? But it's about the action we take consistently on an ongoing basis. Norman Vincent Peale wrote, action is the great restorer and builder of confidence. Inaction is not only the result, but the cause of fear. Perhaps the action you take will be successful. Perhaps different action or adjustments will have to follow. But any action 
is better than no action at all. Any action is better than no action at all. And we have to be careful in our lives. Yes, we believe in prayer. And yes, God hears and answers. But again, biblically, God responds to faith. So are we praying in faith if we're not taking any action? A lot of believers get into the bad habit, the bad pattern of they're praying for this and they're believing for this, but their action is not lined up with their believing and their confessing and their praying. And so, yes, pray and believe God, but as you do that, evaluate the action you're taking. Evaluate the action you're taking. We have to take action today for a better tomorrow. W. Clement Stone wrote, thinking will not overcome fear, but action will. And it's amazing that as you take action, it gets easier as you take action. And what was once difficult becomes easy. But to change your life for the better, you have to take action today. And the Bible encourages action. James 1 and verse 22, the New King James says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But be doers of the word. James 1, in the NIV says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do. Tell your neighbor, say, do what it says. I'm a gracious guy, so I, I gave the example of a, a family that's new to the church. They have friends, faithful believers. They, they need help. I'm sympathetic to that. I, I'm gracious to that. But a few months ago, we were, we were getting requests from people that hadn't darkened the doors of church in years. Austin, I wonder why I'm facing this or that. I wonder why I'm facing this or that in my life and in my circumstances. It is about the action that we are taking. And praise God for right action five years ago, but what about today? What about tomorrow? What about next week? Isaiah 119, you know it. If we are willing and obedient, I'm going to just quote it out of the NIV. If we're willing, sorry, if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the best of the land. But if we resist, and if we rebel, we will be devoured by the sword. Yes, so again, it's about the action we take. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 14, the New King James says, but the word is very near you and in your mouth and in your heart that you may, that we may what? Do it. Do it. The NIV says that we may obey it. So it's about our action. It's about our action. It's about our action. It's about our action. And part of this thing that our nation and the world is facing, part of it's about the action that people have been taking, whether they've been exercising or not, whether they've been outside or not. And that's part of the evil of what has gone on the past year and a half. Worldwide, there's been an explosion of respiratory cases amongst children. Why? Because they've been kept indoors for a year. And they've been masked up for a year, year and a half. I have heard firsthand stories about children and grandchildren literally being at home and inside for a year. It's evil. It is, it is wicked. And so it's about the action we take. So praise God if you go home and take a walk outside today while the, the while this weather is still nice. Praise God. But you should, you should do that again. And you should do that again another time. 
Praise God for being a blessing to your wife and taking her out to dinner for a date night. But you should do that again. You should do that again. You should do that again. Praise God for saving some money. But you should do that again and again and again and again. Praise God for getting to work, not just on time, but early. Praise God for having a full five-day period with a good attitude. Praise God for staying there until the job is done. But you should do that again and again and again and again. It's about the action we take. It's about the action we take. And how do we have a better tomorrow? By changing the action we take today. And I know we get stuck in our ruts. We get stuck in our patterns. We get stuck in our habits. That's why a message like this, got to be careful to not, not look at your husband or wife and, and go home and, well, he was talking about action and I've got a 25-point bullet point list for you to implement. And you're going to be in trouble if you do that today. Jesus said, the Sermon on the Mount, we get, we get focused on the speck of dust in someone else's eye and we got, we got a big plank, a big log coming out of our own eye. So in all of our lives, whether you just got saved or you've been a believer, a year, five years, 10 years, no matter how much progress you've made, or you might say, Austin, I haven't made as much progress as I should. The key is to evaluate your life, your circumstances, to see from the word of God what you need to do to change your life for the better and to begin taking that action. Not just tomorrow, not just this week, but faithfully, consistently, on a regular, ongoing basis. And the Bible says that our wonderful Heavenly Father, He blesses the work of our hands. He blesses the action we take. And He is a rewarder. Say, He is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek Him. And so when you, you take action, daily, consistent, faithful, ongoing action, to improve your life, your circumstances, not just for you, but for your husband or wife, your family, your children. When you take action so that you will be a greater success, so you can be a greater blessing to your family, to the kingdom of God, see that, that's something our Heavenly Father can bless. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So as you take action, and as you take greater action, you're diligently you're earnestly seeking him and that's what he's going to reward that's what he's going to bless so the key is action the key is faithful consistent ongoing action the key is more action the key is greater action Man. for a better tomorrow say this say, I, can have I can have a better tomorrow, a better tomorrow. but I must take action, must take action. Here, here and now and today, and this week. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, 
You are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.